Ezekiel 33, begin reading in verse 1. The Bible says, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast, and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. He that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. Amen. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die? O house of Israel. Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Again, when I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins that he hath committed shall be mentioned unto him. He hath done that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. Yet the children of thy people say, The way of the Lord is not equal. But as for them, their way is not equal. When the righteous turneth from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, he shall even die thereby. But if the wicked turn from his wickedness and do that which is lawful and right, he shall live thereby. Yet ye say, The way of the Lord is not equal. O ye house of Israel, I will judge you every one after his ways. I want to preach tonight. He heard the trumpet and took not warning. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help us as we preach this passage. It's been preached a lot of times over the years. And God, there are some lessons we can learn from it, some practical things and devotional things. Now, we know there's a dispensational difference, and some things are certainly changed since the Lord Jesus died on Calvary. We're not under the law, and some of those things have changed. But Lord, some of the underlying principles are similar. And I pray that you'd help us to learn some lessons from them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, I want to say tonight that God's man is responsible to warn, but people are responsible for their own safety. 
Now, everyone here has a responsibility to tell when somebody's in grave danger. Now, if you see somebody wrecking their life and you care anything about them and you know them at all, it's a good thing to say something. You may not need to get all in their business and you may not need to get all in the details, but it's not a good idea to let somebody drive off a cliff just and not say a single word, especially somebody you care about. And that's a great truth, and it's been preached many times here now. Undoubtedly, those of you that are New Testament Christians saw some things that are different here. You know, you can, you can turn from your righteousness and live in iniquity in the Old Testament under the law and die in your sins. Where that's not going to happen in the New Testament. Because when the Lord Jesus washed our sins away, when we trusted Him as our Savior, uh, after what He did on Calvary, He not only washed away the past ones, He washed away the future ones too. So we can't, we can't die in our sins, or at least our future ones are not imputed to us, if I wanted to say it technically correctly. Our past ones are washed away, and our future ones are not even imputed to us. So how can we possibly die in sins that aren't even, don't even go to our account? They went on the Lord Jesus Christ's account, and in that sense, he did wash them away. So there's some dispensational difference, and don't try to take it all doctrinally exactly for us, but the general idea that God has set some watchmen up that ought to warn is still true. And the general idea that once you are warned, if you ignore it, uh, it's on you. Many times I've talked about Disney. If you're still watching a lot of Disney, that's on you. Many times as we talk about uh, video games and pornography, if you're still messing around with video games and pornography, that's on you. Many times we talk about how social media wrecks your life. If you're still on social media... That's on you. And I'm, I'm not talking about on 10 seconds, you know, to see whose birthday it is in the family. I'm not talking about that. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you're sitting on there for hours. <laughs> That's on you. You've been warned. You've been told. And there's truth on both sides. Number one, we ought to be telling it. Number two, somebody needs to be listening. <laughs> and if you won't, there's no helping you. If a warning from God won't help you, and God will warn, number one, in his Bible. I hope you're reading your Bible every day. Number two, through parents. Hope you're listening to your parents. Number three, to spiritual leaders and advisors like a pastor or Sunday school teacher or a more seasoned Christian that's been through some things. Now this text is a famous passage and it's so often used to teach the responsibility of Christians in general and preachers in particular to warn lost people of the consequences of sin. Many sermons over many years have rebuked God's people and especially preachers for their negligence in failing to tell this world of their judgment. Now, I agree. Uh, but it isn't just preachers behind the pulpit. The Bible says uh, Philip the evangelist began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And it's just one-on-one. -on -one. You can witness for the Lord Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. So it's not just a, you know, a pastor, an evangelist, or a missionary this is talking to. And we do need to review this lesson, and we'll talk about it some. But I also want to talk about how God's people, not just lost sinners, need to be continually warned of the consequences of sin and self-reliance. You better listen when somebody else shows up to help you. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Amen. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Did you hear that? It didn't say don't rely on your own understanding. Don't even lean a little bit that way. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall, not hopefully, 
He shall direct thy paths. Lean on him and how you spend your money. Lean on him and how you eat or drink or how much you sleep. Lean on him whether you get that body out there and exercise a little bit like you know he designed it to do. Lean on him and how you talk to people over there at the Bible Baptist. I taught that lesson I hate so bad <laughs> on railing and reviling. And the Lord slapped me down again right in the middle of that thing. Lean on him as to how you talk to people, especially the ones you're closest to. Lean on him as to the feelings that come up in your middle <laughs> as you interact with people. You usually feel a little something in your middle, don't you? Get a little angry, get a little scared, get a little something. Lean on him on all those things. Then we'll talk about the foolish negligence of those who have faithful watchmen giving fair warning, but won't take it and prepare for danger. Now in the old days, it was easier to do this. You'd look around in this country and everybody's dressed like Leave it to Beaver <laughs> and Andy Griffith. And so it was a whole lot easier to do it because... Half the country was in half of the things that we talk about. Now almost nobody in the country is doing anything halfway decent or clean. Now you look like a total freak if you're the normal one. And the freaks are normal. And I've talked to you about how even lost people that remember how things used to be in this country are just aghast. And how evil is good and good is evil and weird is normal and normal is weird. <laughs> Even lost people are seeing that. Alright, so we'll just look at a few things here and Lord willing won't go too long so we'll have time for a Lord's Supper and business meeting. Alright, so let's look first of all at the watchman here in Ezekiel 33 verse 7. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman. So the first thing I notice about the watchman is he is set by God. I have set thee a watchman. God sets watchmen up. God's the one that put mamas and daddies in their place. You say, well, my mom and daddy ain't perfect. You know what? None of them are. God still gave them to you. Well, my pastor's got his problems. Boy, in your case, he sure does. But you know what? All pastors do. We're all human. I don't care who your mama is, your daddy is, your pastor is, your president is, your police chief is, your sheriff is. They all got problems. And God knew that. He didn't go, oh man, I forgot there would be these imperfect humans in those positions. <laughs> he knew that when he set the whole thing up. God knows the end from the beginning. They're still there for a reason. They're set by God. Now they're primarily to God's people. It says here in verse 7, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. He doesn't say, all right, now all these heathen don't know any better. Uh, you, you better get out there and warn them. Let me tell you something. There's plenty to do just keeping God's people warned. Without even worrying about the heathen. And don't get me wrong, our heart goes out to them. Man, the stories you hear out there in the world of the way poor kids are being brought up these days and don't even have a clue as the way things ought to be and how they were in this country 50 years ago. It's a shame. It's a heartbreaking shame. But before I get all concerned about it, let me tell you something. God's people aren't doing real good. They got plenty of problems themselves. So the watchman is set by God and he's primarily to God's people. Now let me tell you the main thing that God's watchmen have to do. This is especially applicable to you preacher boys, but 
it's applicable to anybody that's a, a saint of God that might be a witness to somebody. First thing is, they need to hear God's word. Look at verse 7. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth. Are you hearing the word at God's mouth? <laughs> Are you hearing that? You talk to him every day and him talk to you? Even when I'm backslid, you know what I'm doing? I'm talking to the Lord. Even when I'm mad at him, you know what I'm doing? I'm talking to the Lord. I, I couldn't go a day without talking to him. <laughs> Uh, you know how some people get in a fuss and they won't speak to each other? Me and the Lord don't have that. We're speaking even while we're fussing. <laughs> and yes, I fully admit I'm 100% wrong anytime I fuss with him. Of course I know that. But he still rubs me wrong every now and then. <laughs> Hear the word at my mouth. Are you listening to him? Are you listening through the people that the Lord has put in your life to give you some warning? The authority figures that you have? The, the watchman, if he's going to do a good job, number one, must hear God's word. He won't have anything to tell if he doesn't hear God's word. Number two, he needs to tell God's word plainly. Warn them from me. 1 Corinthians 14 says, If the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? 2 Corinthians 3, Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness, of speech. We're not trying to impress anybody. We're trying to warn people. We don't want it to sound nice or educated or smart. We want it to be clear. And sometimes when you're studying, especially when you're studying maybe a little deeper doctrine, and some of it begins to thrill you, but some of it's a little lofty, it's easy to forget to make it clear and plain. It's easy to get a little bit confused yourself. I do sometimes. You need to tell God's word plainly. You know why? Because we're going to give an account. Look at verse 8. The last part of verse 8 here in Ezekiel 33. It says, But his blood will I require at thine hand. Oh. So he's coming to me for what I didn't warn somebody about. Now, let's look at that warning a little bit more closely. We've seen the watchman. Now, let's look at the warning. First thing I notice about it is it is merely relayed. Let me tell you a, a good rule of thumb that will let you know if you're relaying God's warning or if you're making up your own warning. God's warning is real short. It's something like, trust Christ. Don't go to hell. <laughs> That's God's warning. Let me tell you about your warnings. You'll get into big, long explanations of exactly why you're right and all the details that answers every little thing of every little thing somebody said right. That's just two people in a fuss. <laughs> That's not some watchman just giving a short warning of what God is telling this person they better look out for. I've had my share of fusses. And they got long and drawn out. And that was more Bob talking than God. And then I've had my share of just relaying God's warning to people. You don't have to defend yourself and answer every single charge when all you're doing is relaying God's warning. You can just tell it and be done. It's up to them what they do with it. All right, the warning is merely relayed. Verse 8 says, When I say unto the wicked... O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. 
He doesn't defend himself. He doesn't explain. He just says, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. When Jonah brought that warning to Nineveh, and they had one of the great revivals in history, you know what he said? Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He didn't explain all the logic and all the reason and all the rationality with a big long book explaining all the decay and, de and degeneration of their city. He just said, you got 40 days and down you go. The warning of God is a lot shorter than getting in all the weeds and the explanations of why you think you're right. Warning of God is just, he told you something to say, and you say it, and you're done. It's merely relayed. All right, secondly, it tends to be negative. The very word warn, you don't say, oh, let me warn you. You're about to get an extra $500 in your account. That wouldn't really be a warning. <laughs> a warning is something bad is about to happen. So number one, it's just relayed from God. Number two, it's negative, <laughs> warn. Number three, it is urgent. Verse eight, when I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. And it says in verse, uh, a little further down in verse eight, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. Oh man, that's urgent. Death is involved. Notice something else, it's sure. When God gives you a warning, it is sure. Now you get in your opinions, it might be that based on the circumstances surrounding, you might be incorrect. There might be something in the situation you don't know. There's no chance that any of God's warnings being incorrect. God's warnings are sure. It says, shall surely die, verse 8. I'll tell you another thing about God's warning. It's imperative. You'd better do it. You have to do it. If thou dost not speak... That wicked man shall die. It's not something you can just choose to do if you feel like it. It's imperative. I'll tell you something else. It's individual. Look at verse 8. Oh, wicked man, singular, thou shalt surely die. You remember the lessons on the King James English? Now, if it starts with a T, it's an individual. If it starts with a Y, it's plural. You or ye in King James English is plural. And thee or thou is singular because it starts with a T. All right, he's talking to an individual. Uh, one of the best ways to witness is have a sermon preached publicly, but then also have an individual dealing with the person. Boy, that twofold spiritual attack <laughs> is powerful and we need to have some individual talking alright so we've seen the watchman we've seen the warning now let's look at the wicked verse 9 says nevertheless if thou warn the wicked of his way so the wicked is identified by his way plenty of verses in the New Testament that talk about all those of this way, speaking of the apostles, they have a way of life. Let me tell you about the wicked. They have a way of life. You can just tell. Now, they're good at painting a smile on it, but I assure you it's a painted on smile. Their life is not as happy as it looks in their pictures. 
And if you didn't know that from the stories of Hollywood actors and actresses, you surely know it by now in social media where you look at people that you know are miserable because <laughs> you know them personally. But on their social media, you sure wouldn't think so. <laughs> you think they got a great life and a great marriage and a great family and everything going wonderful. It's fake. It's a lie. Hollywood and TV stars showed us that for years and years. And now, common people are able to do it just as much. The wicked is identified by his way. Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Psalm 1, 6, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. There are some things that start happening in your life when it's a way of ungodliness and you start seeing, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I can't do this. This is not going to work. I don't know how to stop. This is what I've already invested everything in, but this is clearly killing me, killing my family, killing the people around me, killing my relationships, killing my health, killing my finances, killing my testimony, killing my joy. <laughs> But people can't figure out how to stop. You know what's happened? They're living a way that even long before they actually go off the cliff, they can see it isn't working. Mm -hmm. You know what they do? They get depressed. Mm -hmm. You know what they do? They drink liquor and they pop pills. Yeah. And they talk to therapists and they try to cheer themselves up with music and entertainment and assure themselves of how happy they are. Many of those stars that are so rich and yet so miserable on so many drugs and talking to shrinks and stuff for all time saying things like well, I just I just really like who I am now if you like who you are you don't have to say you like who you are <laughs> none of us normal fulfilled people go around saying I like who I am now <laughs> bless their hearts I know we're laughing I feel sorry for them if you're happy, you don't have to say, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, happy, happy. <laughs> you don't have to keep repeating that to yourself. But you do when you've been miserable a long time and you're trying to convince yourself of it. It's identified by their way. I'll tell you, of course, the problem with them is they're wicked by nature. There's something inside of them that's never been fixed. And only the Lord Jesus Christ can fix in New Testament times. Ephesians 2 says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. There is something in your nature that makes you that way. Your natural tendency is to be that way. The wicked doesn't have to be a terrorist that's bombed buildings to be the wicked. He is born that way. So he's identified by his way. He's wicked by nature. He's going to die. Whether unwarned in verse 8 when the uh, watchman neglects his duty or in verse 9 when the watchman does his duty, the wicked is going to die either way. Let's see here. Proverbs 11.5 says, The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. We're in Ezekiel here. Let's see. I've got a note here from chapter 18, verse 4. 
Ezekiel 18, 4, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. You say, well, what kind of God is this? What kind of a sadistic God just lets judgment fall on people? Well, let me say this. It disappoints God when that has to happen. That's not his will. Look at verse 11 here in our text. Exodus, I mean, Ezekiel 33. Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. If you fall in your sin, if you die in your sin, God is disappointed in that. That was not his plan. Hell was made for the devil and his angels, not you. If you end up there, you're out of place. He didn't intend for you to go there. He didn't make it for you. It's not his will for you to go there. He did everything he could do up to and including giving his own son to give his lifeblood for you. If you go there, don't blame God. He sent a message out. He sent watchmen out. God's disappointed if those things happen. 2 Peter 3, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It disappoints God. I'll tell you something else. It's unreasonable. Why would you live a wicked life, be miserable of all the misery that comes with it, and then die? I saw a real negative, pithy saying one time. It said, people are stupid, and then they die. <laughs> but you know, if you live in wickedness, I'll have to admit that applies to you. Don't do that. It's unreasonable. He says at the end of verse 11 here in Ezekiel 33, Why will ye die, O house of Israel? Why would you do that? 2 Thessalonians 3, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. When you're wanting to be delivered from wicked people, they're unreasonable. Bob Jones Sr. said, good men are always reasonable. When you can't reason with somebody, there is something going on. There's a little crazy back there. Any good person is reasonable. Any good person will work with you on a reasonable request. The wicked is identified by his ways. Wicked by nature, he's going to die. He disappoints God, and it's unreasonable for him to do that. Now let's look at the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord, also found in verses 8 and 9, is for the wicked to turn from his own way. See, I'm not sure what's wrong. Here's, here's what's wrong. What you want to do. Turn from that. Don't ever do that. Do what God wants you to do. What God wants you to do and what you want to do will almost never be the same. <laughs> But one is a good false barometer of the other. If God wants you to do it, you will not want to do it. Right. If you want to do it, God does not want you to do it. Now, there are exceptions. The Lord wants us to eat and take some nourishment for us. But probably not the way, same way we want to eat. The Lord wants us to rest, but probably not the same way we want to rest. I mean, there, are some th there is some overlap, but to a large degree, they are very different. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone from his own way. We have turned everyone from what? From his own, to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
Proverbs 14, 14. The backslider in heart shall be filled with what? His own ways. You know how you know you're backslid? You just want to do your way all the time. Amen. You know how you're right with God? You want to do His way. Amen. Now, I don't want to be misunderstood. Living for God doesn't mean you go around miserable and you never get anything you want. It's more like this. It's more you decide to do what God wants and then as you start to do it, you find out you're happier doing that anyway. <laughs> That's more what it's really like. But there will be times you just absolutely don't want to. I'm just being honest with you. Yes. But more often than not, you start doing His way and you find out you're happier that way anyway. So don't think it's this horrible thing where just, oh, I'm this martyr. I never did anything I want. It, it doesn't work out that way. His commandments are not grievous. I'm not going to deny that sometimes they're rough. Sometimes they are. But they're not usually that bad. And they're always not as bad as you thought. I've never once had a trial that I went through and it was worse than I thought. They're all, you know why? Because i got a God that softens the blow. Time after time after time. Now, I've had plenty that weren't any fun. Don't misunderstand. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be great all the time. But they're never as bad as I thought. I can't think of one I've ever had that was worse than I thought. Because the Lord showed up. The way of the Lord is for the wicked to turn from his own way. It is for the righteous to remain. Verse 12 in our text says, Therefore thou son of man say unto the children of thy people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression." Uh, as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. The way of the Lord is for the wicked to turn from his own way and for the righteous to remain. And thank God it allows for repentance. There are a number of people that have this fatalistic attitude that, well, that's just not who I am. You know what? God allows you to turn. God allows repentance. God allows if you've been going a certain way and thinking a certain way and living a certain way for you to turn around and go the other way. The old song says, why don't you turn, turn, turn around? Why will you roam? Can't you see God the Father waits to welcome you home? You were never meant to walk the paths you trod. How long will you run away, a fugitive from God? You can turn around. The way of God allows repentance. If you keep going, that's on you. God didn't say you had to keep going. You can stop and turn around right now. And if you think you're going the wrong way, I recommend you do just that. Don't go another step. You may be closer to the cliff than you think. You may be further out from shore than you realize. One time I was a little boy and some people were out crabbing and some of us kids was out swimming while they were catching crabs there in Virginia Beach. And I got wandering out and out and out. They said, "Now, Bobby, don't go, don't go any further. Don't go any further. Don't go any further." And I felt one of those um, drifts, I guess you call it, or something like that, start to carry me out to ocean. And I didn't really know how to swim, or at least not very good yet. And I dug my toe down in the sand just before it drifted me off, and I was just barely able to stop myself and turn around before it carried me off. I've always remembered that. And I wondered, spiritually speaking, how many people are right at the verge of it carrying them off. Yes, amen. Real good time to turn around. Yes, Lord. Yeah. You say, well, oh, don't worry. When I get there, I'll be sure to turn around, Brother Bob. You may yeah. be there. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't know I was at that place where I was at that last place I could dig toes down in the sand far enough to turn around. I didn't realize it. I would have never got that far if I'd realized it. You may be there. You may be right on the verge of something you can't stop. You may be letting the boa constrictor sin around you once or twice and think, well, it's only around me once or twice. Yeah, let me tell you something. He's a better thing to be around you three or four times. And you can't get free. And you'll be wishing you could. Out on the perilous deep where dangers silently creep and storms so violently sweep, you are drifting too far from shore. Drifting too far from shore. Come to Jesus today. Let him show you the way. You are drifting too far from shore. Lord's will is for the wicked to turn, for the righteous to remain. He allows for repentance. And the whole time you're doing this, there will be people in the background saying in your ear, he's being unfair. That's not right. You shouldn't do people that way. Verse 17, the children of thy people say, the way of the Lord is not equal. Verse 20, yet ye say, the way of the Lord is not equal. You're going to have to decide who you believe. There will be plenty of podcasts and YouTube videos and People telling you this old-fashioned Bible-believing Baptists, they're just a bunch of legalists. They're just trying to rule over you. They just want to control you. And you need to break free from them. And you need to decide if the liberal podcasts are right or if the old King James Bible is right. And you have to choose one way or the other. And I can't choose that for you. Yeah. But take one look at their lives. Take one look at the lives of our Baptist forefathers. Decide. I'll, I'll give you a better one than that. Take one look at the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shed on Calvary for you. And decide which way is right. Somebody's wrong. They're saying things that are diametrically opposed to each other. You are going to have to make a decision. And it may be your mama's and daddy's decisions. Won't make it for you. It may be some old-fashioned preacher's decision won't make it for you. You may get thinking the others are more educated and they're smarter and they learned some things that the old-fashioned people didn't know yet. But that'll be up to you. Proverbs 16, 2, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. They can, they can give you great arguments as to why they're exactly right. It's, they're clean in their own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit that's coming out of them. Proverbs 16, 25, There is a way that seemeth right, unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death Proverbs 21 real similar to the one over in chapter 16 says every way of a man is right in his own eyes but the Lord pondereth the hearts it's going to be alleged to be wrong or unfair you're going to have to decide who you believe where you're going to put your reliance I'll say this too the way of the Lord will have to be actively responded to You'll have to jump in and say, all right, I'm making a decision. This is the way I'm going. And we've got some young people in here that are right on the cusp of adulthood and your own responsibility and everything. There's going to have to come a time you're going to have to make this decision between you and God. Brother Bob can't make it for you. Mom and Dad can't make it for you. Some people you look up to and have for years can't make it for you. It'll just be between you and God whether you're going to take him literally or not. You'll have to respond. Here are some reasons why sometimes there's no response. Number one, they're not listening. There is always something to listen to these days. You like sports? Listen to that. You like music? Listen to that. You like comedy? Listen to that. You like educational 
Documentaries, listen to that. You like the news, listen to that. I mean, you can sit and stay distracted and never listen to God for five minutes and have plenty to listen to all day long. 24-hour news cycle, 24-hour music stations, 24-hour everything. Some point you have to turn some stuff off and listen to God. You know why sometimes some people never respond? They never listen. Sometimes not believing the message is from God. Well, that's just what those old fogies believe. That's just the old strict Christians. We're smarter than that now. We've progressed past that now. And they just discount the whole thing. Never open a Bible on their That's one reason I like people in my congregation to have a Bible on their lap. Listen, I'm far from perfect. It's not enough to say I'm not perfect. I'm not even close to perfect. You better have a Bible on your lap. Look and see if what Brother Bob's saying is going according to that Bible. I'll do my best to keep it as close as I can, but I'm human. I can't help but a little bit of my opinions get in there. You're going to have to decide which way you go. It's my job to give you a warning, but it's your job to decide. Not listening, not believing the messages from God. Here's a good one. Oh, this is big. Not believing the message is urgent. Well, you know, I'm okay. I can see that's what the Bible says, and I do need to listen. But I got plenty of time. <laughs> oh yeah, now don't worry. Now before I get married, now I'll, I'll base my house on the Word of God. Then you probably won't if you ain't basing your life on Him now. Very rarely, very rarely, does somebody do something just for a temporary cause. Usually, you be either committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, or you haven't. When you committed to Him, the whole thing is His. Your youth. Your marriage, your children, your job, your retirement, your money, your habits, your time, your entertainment. Usually the whole thing is his. Whenever you go, oh, now, just when I'm raising kids, now I'm going to do it right. There's plenty of people did it that way. Probably won't if you're not doing it right when you're by yourself. Probably won't. Not believing the message is urgent. Here's a good one. Not believing it's to them. Oh, yeah, preacher. You get up there, oh, man, these heathens, they're getting messed up, man. They're, they're, they're freaks. God knows what's going on. Hey, listen, there's plenty in our own hearts that need to be fixed. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I admit, it's a mess out there. Every now and then, it just knocks me down. Every now and then, I hear something that just shocks me, even after all things I have heard. But there's plenty in us Bible-believing Christians that need to be closer to the Lord Jesus. That's some reasons that there's no response. All right, what are we seeing tonight? We discussed a sobering text. It warns of a lethal danger and says God's watchmen are held accountable for spreading the warning. It also says the warning is primarily to God's people because if only God's people were faithful to their call, the visitation and blessing of God's presence would greatly bless a lot more people in the world. But it also discusses the certain judgment of those who hear the trumpet but will not take warning. The Bible says today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your heart. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truths of your word. Now, Lord, we've, we've talked about a sobering text and hadn't been